The Atlanta Braves continue to win at home. Kyle Wright picks up his 19th win of the year. Austin Riley goes deep, and Matt Olson picks up a couple of hits. Could he be breaking out of a prolonged slump? We'll talk about all that on the Braves' win for Monday night and set you up for Tuesday's game as well. All that on a Tuesday episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been a co-editor for several years now. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. And please do send any, any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. I do appreciate all the feedback that you provide. Make sure you subscribed on YouTube and do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell to help support the show a ton and leave me a comment in the comment section. I try to get back to each and every one of your comments. Appreciate uh, the, the comments there and conversing with you on these episodes. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping Monday's game, a 5-2 win over the Washington Nationals, talking about Kyle Wright's performance and his bid to make a little bit of history for the Atlanta Braves here this year, or at least something we haven't seen in a long time. Let's talk about Kenley Jansen, who had a clean outing, and then on the offensive side, Austin Riley with a home run, Matt Olson with a couple of hits, and Acuna with another absolute missile of a hit. Uh, we'll talk about all of that and then set you up for Tuesday night's game. Well, let's start with the recap from Monday. As I said, the Braves with a 5-2 to two win over the Washington Nationals. It was their ninth straight win at home. And their magic number now to clinch a postseason spot is just two games. Now, we hope that doesn't happen for another day or so because the combination of Braves wins and Brewers losses is what will get them to clinch a postseason spot. But we want the Brewers winning we want the Brewers taking down the Mets right now unfortunately they were not able to do that on Monday night I was all geared up to watch that game you had Corbin Burns going against Max Scherzer unfortunately Corbin Burns decided to throw a changeup to Pete Alonzo in a big spot and Alonzo made him pay with a big three-run homer that pretty much decided that game because Max Scherzer was perfect through six innings so Braves unable to pick up ground on the Mets on Monday night, but hopefully the Brewers will come back strong on Tuesday and the Braves can continue their winning ways at home. As for Kyle Wright's performance on the mound, it was the typical Kyle Wright performance we are used to seeing. Six innings, eight hits, one walk, two earned runs, seven strikeouts, and just 88 pitches, which I think is one of the keys for me in this game. Watching him work, especially... In those first four innings of the game, he was constantly getting ahead of hitters, you know, one, two, oh, two, and then putting them away or at least, you know, not wasting pitches. Cause yes, he gave up eight hits. Six of those were singles. And a lot of those came in those, 
good counts, one, two, but still, I like not wasting pitches, getting into deep counts, working up your pitch count. Look, Kyle Wright's a ground ball pitcher. He's top five in all of baseball among major league starters and ground ball rate. That's what he does, and there are going to be nights, there's going to be times where those balls are finding holes. We've seen that throughout the year. For Kyle Wright, there will be games where he gives up eight hits or more, but as long as he's not compounding those with walks and as long as those aren't hard hits, extra base hits, generally he can do a good job of limiting damage because he's a ground ball pitcher. He's going to get some double plays, which he got at least one on Monday night. So that's just something you have to live with with Kyle Wright is he's going to he's going to have a lot of ground balls and sometimes those balls are going to sneak through the infield. I think we saw a lot of that on Monday night for the Nationals hitters, and it led to him giving up a couple of runs there in that fourth inning, or in that fifth inning, rather. So, you know, that's just kind of the product of the type of pitcher that Kyle Wright is. Still, I'd rather see him be aggressive in the zone, attacking hitters, letting them put the ball in play. More often than not, that Braves defense is going to be there to make those plays behind him. And you look at the outs he got, seven strikeouts, seven ground outs, and one fly out. So, just showing you again, he's going to get the ball on the ground. And, you know, he had 14 swings and misses in this game. He got seven on 18 swings against his curveball and five on nine swings against his changeup. So his off-speed stuff really keeping hitters off balance on Monday night. You know, this was, again, back to kind of that typical quality start type performance that we've seen from Kyle Wright for most of this year. So really love what I saw from him and – he picks up his 19th win of the year, which now leads Major League Baseball. And as we've mentioned a couple of times now, the last Braves pitcher to win 20 games was Russ Ortiz back in 2003. So he's looking to break that mark uh, to be the next one to do it, the first one in almost 20 years. So that would certainly be quite the feat for Kyle Wright, especially after coming into this year, didn't know what you were going to get from him, and now here he is on the cusp of winning 20 games. It's really been a remarkable season for Kyle Wright. He should get at least two more starts. If the Braves stay in rotation the way it is now, he would start this Saturday against the Phillies and then on September 30th against the Mets. So that'll be two pretty tough outings right there. And then he could actually be in line to start the final game of the year against the Marlins, depending on how things play out. Would not be surprised if he gets skipped in that start unless the Braves just absolutely need that game. So, again, I think he gets at least two more starts, and I think it probably is two more starts. I don't see him getting three more, especially, you know, he's up there in innings. He's been dealing with arm fatigue. Would not be surprised if they want to skip him down the stretch here. Again, depending on how things play out, in the division, but I do think he gets at least two cracks at getting his 20th win of the year, which would be again truly remarkable. You look at the rest of the pitching for the game, and most notably, Kenley Jansen, who came on to close things out in a three run game in the ninth inning. Last time out, I mentioned he only threw nine pitches, they all were cutters, and he got three up, three down. This time out, he only threw eight pitches, seven of them were cutters, and he got three up, three down, easy, stress-free inning. And this is something I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and it's the fact that he has gone away from the cutter so much, and he was throwing his other pitches in big spots. Even when getting ahead in the count, he's trying to put guys away with that sinker, with that curveball. 
Um, I just I don't know why you wouldn't go to your best pitch. Peter Moylan kind of talked about that a little bit in the broadcast and the fact that Jansen felt like he wasn't able to control that cutter the way that he's used to and that there was a mechanical adjustment he needed to make to be able to get back to controlling that cutter. It looks like he's made that adjustment, at least in these last two outings. And he has certainly been very good in those last two outings and throwing primarily that cutter. So I think that's a great development for Kenley Jansen, the fact he's getting back to throwing that cutter and that he is feeling more comfortable throwing that cutter because that is his best pitch. It's the pitch that he's dominated with for the majority of his career. And it's the pitch he needs to be going to in big spots. So good to see him getting back to that. Hopefully we're getting closer to seeing that dominant Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning that, the Braves honestly really need in order to make a deep run in the postseason. And I just wanted to briefly mention the pitching overall here lately in the month of September. They've allowed three runs or fewer in six of the last seven games. And you could also say that in eight of the last 11 games. And if you look at this entire month, they've allowed three runs or less in 12 of 16 games in the month of September. That is a recipe for winning a lot of games. You talk about it with just about any team. You know, getting to that magic number of four runs, you feel like you have a good chance of winning just about every game. And with the way this Braves pitching staff has pitched lately, that's certainly the case because there aren't many games and only four this month in which they've allowed more than three runs. In fact, you look at those four games, they allowed nine runs. In a win to Oakland, they allowed eight runs in a one-run loss to Seattle. They also allowed four runs in a 6-4 win, and they allowed four runs in a loss. So only four times this month has Braves pitching staff allowed more than three runs in a game. That's pretty incredible out of 16 games played this month. So pitching certainly holding up their end of the bargain. Offense starting to come around a little bit. In particular, Matt Olson, who had a couple of hits on Monday. We'll talk about that next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. As for the Braves' offense on Monday night, five runs on 10 hits, three walks, just three strikeouts. So certainly love that performance from the offense. Two for eight with runners in scoring position. You know, would rather see another hit or two in there. Six left on base. Everybody reached base at least once. Uh, Von Grissom hit by a pitch. Damsley Swanson walked. The only two batters that didn't have a hit in the game, but both reached. So, look, it's not the most dominating-looking performance from the offense, but... It's what I like to call taking care of business, and they certainly did that. It never felt like this game was truly in jeopardy, even when the Nationals cut the lead from 4 nothing to 4-2 to two in that fifth inning. It felt like the Braves were in complete control. The offense, again, 10 hits, three walks, just three strikeouts. I'd love to see that type of line 
from this offense. And again, everybody getting on base up and down the order. Austin Riley got things started in the first inning with a home run. He also had a walk in this game. The home run, his 37th of the season. Would love to see him get to 40 home runs. Kyle Schwarber just a couple ahead of him in the NL home run race. I don't think either are going to catch Aaron Judge, but certainly would love to see Austin Riley get to 40 on the year. That would be a great mark for him. He now has a hit in four straight games, and I think we're starting to see signs of Austin Riley about to have a little breakout here. And it's a flyout to center field that really had me impressed on Monday night, a pitch down and in off the plate. And Austin Riley is somehow able to get his hands inside that pitch, get a barrel on it, and hit it 395 feet to right center field at a 24-degree launch angle. I cannot tell you how impressive of a swing that is. It had an expected batting average of 730. Now, Victor Robles, a really good center fielder, able to track it down, but it left the bat at 103.2 miles per hour. Again, this is a fastball in off the plate. He gets his hands in on it, hits it 103.2 miles per hour, and hits it 395 feet to right center field. That, to me, was truly an impressive swing by Austin Riley. And again, just more signs that it looks like a mini breakout, or hopefully a long breakout, is happening for Austin Riley. As for Matt Olson, he did pick up two hits on this night, including his 42nd double of the year. Now, I didn't, I didn't necessarily love the swings for Matt Olson. Nothing in here really screams a breakout coming for me. That being said, Seeing the ball hit grass has to feel good for Matt Olson, and you saw kind of the mock, you know, laughter and hands to the sky gesture gesture for Matt Olson after getting a hit, knowing how long it's been for him, and knowing that he is slumping right now. Look, he's had better swings over the past week. There have been balls I think he's laced up much better that just found the glove or uh, you know couldn't get a couldn't find a hole. But like I said just that ability to be able to see a hit, find some grass and put one in the column has to feel really good for him. And hopefully it gets him going. The Braves certainly need him to get going down the stretch here. And then Ronald Acuna Jr. Another hit on the night, a 115.8 mile per hour double, just another ball absolutely crushed and another ball that he's able to get under and lace it into the left center field gap. We're seeing more and more of that here lately from Ronald Cunha Jr., and that is just a great sign from him. And again, hopefully he is about to go on a real hot stretch, and hopefully he's going to go on a little bit of a home run barrage as we've still yet to see that this year from Ronald Cunha Jr. So again, things are starting to look up for the top of the Braves order, and Matt Olson even admitted himself after the game that we've yet to see this Braves offense clicking where everybody one through nine is clicking, and hopefully – that is starting to come. But as he alluded to, that's what makes this lineup so dangerous is that they don't need all nine guys clicking every night for them to be able to score. They've had plenty of games this year where one through four in the order can't get it done, but the bottom of the order does. And that's what makes this lineup so dangerous. It's what makes them such a threat in the postseason is that one through nine, they can go deep. And I would argue the depth on this Braves team right now is very strong. You look at Eddie Rosario, who 
you know, hasn't found much playing time lately because Robbie Grossman is playing so well. Even Marcelo Zuna, when he's been in there, has swung the bat a little bit better. But he gets an opportunity on Monday night, comes through with a couple of hits and a home run. Again, you know, just showing the Braves depth and another weapon off the bench, a left-handed bat that you could bring in late in the game and can go deep. So I'm really loving the depth of this Braves team, whether it's, you know, Rosario or Grossman or even Ozuna who can bring some thump from the right side in kind of a, a platoon with Rosario late in games and depending on what the situation calls for. So again, the Braves just lost a guy in Ozzie Albies who, you know, I would love to be in there and be part of this team and, and be leading this clubhouse, but there's still a lot of depth with this Braves team in a lineup right now where, it's hard to find at bats for those guys, you know, with the way Grossman's been playing, you want him in there every day, but you also want to see Rosario get going. You want to see what Ozuna can bring you, you know, if he should be part of this postseason roster and what, what his role is, but this lineup is just so deep. There's so, so much depth on this Braves team. It's hard to find at bats for all these guys. But when you get your opportunity, you got to make the most of it. I mean, look at Orlando Arcia who had some big at bats early in the year for this Braves team. He can't buy an at-bat right now. There's just no place really to fit him in. So, again, it's just a lot of depth on this Braves team. And, again, hopefully we're starting to see those guys at the top of the order get going. And we know how good the guys at the bottom have been, whether it be Michael Harris or William Contreras or Travis Darneau, who had a couple of hits on Monday night as well. So, really starting to love what I see from this offense after a little bit of a slump on that West Coast trip. They're picking it, up to, picking it up. Like I said, the pitching has been fantastic all month. So hopefully this Braves team clicking at the right time. And they got to keep winning to keep up with the Mets and remain in that NL East race. But we'll turn our attention to Tuesday night's game where the Braves will face a familiar opponent and one that they have had a lot of success against lately. We'll talk about that next. On Tuesday night, it'll be Charlie Morton versus Patrick Corbin of the Washington Nationals. The Braves have absolutely owned Patrick Corbin really the last couple of years now. But if you just look at this year in particular, this will be the fourth time the Braves are facing Patrick Corbin. In his first three starts against the Braves this year, he's allowed a total of 15 runs. So certainly an arm that the Braves are comfortable seeing. And he's a lefty, and the Braves crush lefties. So this will be an opportunity for the offense to have a big game, uh, to hopefully put up a big number and put one away early. Now Patrick Corbin has gone at least six innings in four straight starts. He's a veteran pitcher. They're going to be looking to get some innings out of him. But that may be a good thing. Hopefully the longer he's out there, the more the Braves are able to pound him. But will be a good opportunity for this offense to kind of break out, have some good games and get going. So hopefully for those guys like Riley, like Olsen, who have been struggling in the middle of the order, hopefully they can continue to see some balls get in and have some success. As for Charlie Morton, been a bit of a struggle for him here lately. He's given up four earned runs in each of his last two starts. Two walks and two hit batters really hurt him in San Francisco. Three home runs allowed or what hurt him in Seattle. So He's looking to bounce back, have a good start. He hasn't had a quality start since August 21st, nearly a month. And for a guy 
that you're expecting to pitch at the top of your rotation, a guy you're paying a lot of money, you certainly don't want to see him going that long without giving you a quality start. So hopefully that's what we get from Charlie Morton on Tuesday night and what should be an easy win for the Atlanta Braves, but there's no such thing as an easy win in baseball. They're going to have to go out there and get it done. But on paper, it's a very favorable matchup, a matchup for the Braves offense to continue to break out and for some guys who've been struggling to have a good night. And it's an opportunity for Charlie Morton to kind of get going and hopefully in some of his struggles that he's had lately, get that quality start and hopefully get on a run going into the postseason because Look, we've talked about the postseason rotation a lot, and I think it's pretty solidified for me at this point. Max Fried and Spencer Strider are your two best starters when it comes to the postseason. We saw Kyle Wright on Monday. He's been very consistent this year. And then you got Charlie Morton, and he's been great in the postseason in his career. That's why they've got him to be that, that leader at the top of the rotation in a postseason series. But he's kind of on that verge of being that fourth guy right now. So we really need to see him step up and become that leader atop the rotation, become that guy that we hoped he could be. And again, he has that dominant stuff. It's why I still would trust him in a postseason start because he has strikeout potential. He can go out there and strike out eight or 10 guys in an outing, but we just need to see him be more consistent start to start. And that just has not been the case for pretty much the entire year for Charlie Morton. So again, looking for him to have a good outing on Tuesday night. Hopefully the Braves can roll to an easy win and hopefully they can get a little help from the Brewers as the Braves look to pull even in the NL East on Tuesday night. That will do it for this episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen Locked On MLB podcast where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor passion, and unique perspective on every team talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves and follow me at Shortstop Ball. Make sure you go and rate and review to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 